haven't been on a film house since Rise of Skywalker. Well, you know, Jacob, you have a brand. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm starting to see a pattern here. You have a brand. Uh, before that, it was Mandalorian. What, hmm. what do these things have in common? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Filmhouse. I'm Alana. I'm hosting today because I really just wanted to talk about uh, the Clone Wars. So I brought with me Jacob Fullerton, resident Star Wars fan, probably the biggest fan in the office. And also Hello. Anthony host of the Star Wars show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me. Uh, honestly, you guys, this really is happening because I just really needed to talk to people about it since quarantine started. This is when the final season has aired. I've not been able to talk about it anywhere. So I was like, what if I did this? And they were like, okay, as long as yeah, you organize sounds- it. I was like, great. <laughs> sounds uh, good to me. Sponsored by Bespoke Post and Feels. We will hear more from them later in the show. But I wanted to spend like the start of this talking about like what seasons we like the most the watch order is a thing like kind of angling the start of this to anyone who's not seen the clone wars before before we jump into fully talking about spoilers for people who watched along with us so first question being do you guys have a watch preference hmm like the order that we watch it in yes oh i'll have to think about it i just do um, i just do episode order i know that there are people that like to rearrange so the events are chronological um, and there are people that like to do that with everything in Star Wars, and I feel like you rob yourself of... Oh my gosh, sorry. I thought I had my phone on silent. Wow. What an unprofessional dick. Hey. Wow. Well, fuck me, I guess. What an asshole. Um, no. I know that there are some people that like to watch the, in chronological order, uh, but I really think you... Why is it still doing this? because i can't see what's happening i'm very curious to me i heard like what sounded like the playstation menu sound yeah is that what your ringtone is sorry i'm just i'm finishing up noby noby boy um that's that's the last one i bought is was there anything new in playstation since then um fine it's pretty much covered it gotcha um what was I saying? Yeah, everything's <laughs> going. All these sounds. What is happening? What is going on here? Hot out here. It's hot out here. Um, no, I was going to say, I think that if you watch things in the chronological order, you kind of rob yourselves of dramatic moments that were set up to be watched in a certain order. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. that's why I've never been it like the pacing. And- yeah, that's why I've never been like, watch the prequels first. I'm like, well, you know, if you were a kid and you grew up watching the prequels first, sure. Watch the prequels first. Whatever, whatever yeah. Star Wars you watch first is great. And we're glad that yeah. you're watching a Star Wars. But um, I feel like the story is told in a specific order and every writer who kind of takes over um, definitely uses thing, our expectations and our knowledge to kind of build the story, you know? so Yeah, it's even in the smallest ways, even if it's chronologically like before what's been already happening, it's like it's still building on something, even if you're not in like, like enti- if it's it is, not the focus of it. It is paced in a very particular way. I watched it in order of release, but actually mm-hmm. entirely skipped season one. I've never seen season Whoa. one. Now, I, I actually to. I actually don't mind that because I think particularly the first season, I think they were they were striking the balance. The team was like striking the balance of what is a, what is a family show about Star Wars look like? And it leaned, I think, a little, you know, the show grows up with the audience. Yeah. Um, and so I do yeah. think it gets... People say, it was a little too childish to begin with. Um, and I, I think a uh, big criticism that I caught because I started watching very late was people really didn't like uh, Ahsoka's character to begin with. Mm-hmm. Was I, I don't, Because I haven't seen season one, I never really had any issues with Ahsoka at all. Uh, was it just that she was a little too childish? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think for some people yeah, she right. felt... Um, she was definitely an, an audience surrogate in the first season for maybe kids who were watching Cartoon Network who were not familiar with Star Wars. And so I think Got she it. was a, a character for, for that audience to not feel lost and to be able to latch on to. Um, but I do think, and I think they also were trying to figure out exactly what her character was, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because if there's she... any character in the show that's developed the most, it's definitely Ahsoka. Because like it kind of just stemmed from her Anakin character from oh yeah, yeah. Going on. A lot of um, good. oh and I mean Savage 
mall. Like, yeah. I feel like there is some some really yeah. good stuff there, but um, they should develop for anyone who just <laughs> literally yeah, every single clone. <laughs> yeah, every all single the clones, clone. Oh my god, that's really the whole point. Yeah. So ju- for anyone who doesn't know at all, the Clone Wars uh, is a five season long TV series. <laughs> I feel like just get that out of the way. It's set between. Uh, well, what what years is it supposed to be? It's it's basically just in the middle of the prequels. Right. Uh, it's might be mm, most between two and three. It's between two and three. Yeah. It's between two and three. They, but there's maybe some overlap. Um, but yeah, it fills in a lot of the gaps between, like, what happens with Obi Wan and, mm. and Anakin in ways that I found very appealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But isn't it uh, seven what, what seasons? That? It's seven seasons long. Yeah. Yeah. Seven yeah, seasons sorry, long. This is, yeah. Seven was the last season. That was five. Was the last one that aired on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six was Netflix. like a lost episode season, they called it, right? Right, mm, yes. And then the seventh season just came out most recently. Yeah. So, yeah. And there was a boat. movie. And there was a and movie. Also, there was yeah. a movie in theaters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I completely skipped season one, mm-hmm. jumped into season two, had no problems with that. So, for anyone who hasn't mm-hmm. seen it, if you want to do that, it totally works just fine for me. Yeah. Uh, I did that because so many people had told me that watching season one is uh, tougher because of some of the, the themes being more childish or whatever. Yeah. And that's the thing that like, I, I keep wanting to ask people by the end, I do not feel like this is a kid's show. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's appropriate for kids to watch, but I feel like it tackles a lot of relatively mature, mature themes. Sometimes I think and, there's no mass decapitation in one scene. Sure. There is that thing, which I think sure. are you talking about Darth Maul? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like all several heads off. people get their heads chopped off all at one time. It's just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, it's Star, <laughs> it's Star Wars. Like there are definitely there are definitely a lot of arms that people lose too. You'll get you'll definitely lose track of all yeah. the arms that people lose throughout the series. Yeah. A couple oh, legs chopping arms off. <laughs> he does. It's like a pastime yeah. for him. He's a lot more of a bad dude than I than I really thought he was. I remember it was actually the <laughs> the first season. <laughs> um there's that episode called Rookies. It's actually a very yes. good episode. Oh. It introduces a lot of those clone characters that yes. go throughout the entire show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember watching it when the show started airing, and they were saying, like, what the hell this? What the hell that? And I'm like, oh, they're saying that, huh? Rookies is, a, Rookies is definitely a turning point, I think, in, in the tone of the show. And once you, once you like Clone Wars, I think if you watch the first couple episodes and you're kind of like, mm, this feels like it's for kids, definitely skip ahead to season two. You won't be too lost. But then once you once you do fall in love with it, you're going to want to go back because there are a couple episodes in, in season one that are like, ooh, that's really good. Oh, so I should do that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. OK, yeah, I still haven't seen it. I, I skipped it entirely. Felt fine with doing that. Watch everything chronologically or in order of release. I forget which one means which. And I might <laughs> actually go back. And I know it's uh, Kotaku Australia specifically released a really uh, comprehensive watch order list. I love that guide. One. I actually yeah, send people that guide. Yes. Yeah, I might even know about that because of you, actually, Kaboni. Um, that might you might be the one who told me about that list. So I think I want to try it and just see what I think of it yeah. um, in a different order because it's a really pleasant show to watch in a lot of ways, and I would be more than happy to watch through it again. Really easy yeah. to get through episodes like, short. The season one, like, sure, the animation's a little rougher because it's from like twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still like a lot of really good episodes, and like, sure, there are some childish ones. Like, there's entire arcs with just Jar Jar having yeah. adventures but there's still some like like lots of good episodes the first episode with yoda like that it's great and it's just yoda being really cool and spouting off some wisdom and stuff yeah in all honesty like as as much as it can feel childish there's that um couple of the really early episodes where they're chasing where they're uh, they're you know obviously this is not a spoiler to anybody who's seen star wars they're pretty uh they're pretty involved with what's going on with count dooku <laughs> they definitely want to know where count dooku is a lot of the time and uh there are a couple episodes where he's on the uh where he's on the the malevolent which is the name of his ship and uh and it's like whoa that got intense really fast so as much as people say it's for kids there there are some episodes in the beginning there where you're like yes this is good this is star wars you know yeah I think uh, that's the thing that the show does really well is even if it is, I mean, and Star Wars in general, right, is as much as we like to think it's for adults, it is made for children. George Lucas is very open about Star Wars being for children. It's just so well plotted. I was going to say written, but in some cases I hesitate to say that about Star Wars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it is so well plotted that it uh, still appeals to adults really you well. You come into my house. Just- 
<laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, no. I just feel like the Clone Wars does a really good job of uh, children will enjoy it, but at no point does the light the writing get lazy because it knows that kids don't necessarily care about an emotional plot. It's still really got me I, I cried in the lawsuit yeah this well mm-hmm. there that really hurt george was definitely always emphatic about how it's for children but also that um but also that children understand more and and are capable of more complexity than we give them in media uh yeah. and so you know to say that something is for children doesn't have to be you know derisive right like you can look at any studio ghibli movie and be like that's for kids and it's like yeah it's for kids i'm gonna cry for 20 minutes of it yeah yeah I mean, Pokemon games for kids, still the highest selling franchise ever. Yeah. Yeah. That ain't, that ain't all kids. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't need to be a <laughs> pejorative term, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I also just appreciate some of the lighthearted arcs that take place. Uh, there's one that's just basically a bunch of robots going on an adventure. Oh, my God. I oh, love that's it. That's got some wonderful adventure. stuff, too. Yeah. It's really cute, uh, still very, very heartfelt. And it's like, it seems like such a silly thing. And I mean, Jacob, you mentioned uh, Jar Jar's adventures, but even Jar Jar in this show, and this is something that I really love about the Clone Wars, is it's um, a really good patch for the prequels. Mm-hmm. It even it mm. makes Jar Jar's role and why people even listen to him in any political capacity <laughs> make a lot more sense. Like, he's still silly, he's still Jar Jar, he's still that character. Yeah. But I feel like the Clone Wars makes him make sense. Yeah. <laughs> he did well, a really I, good job. I think yeah. that's one of the things that that is so wonderful about that team is is Dave and, and Athena and that, that entire team that's over there that's been working on it forever. Uh love, you know, they love Star Wars so much and they're encyclopedic. They're encyclopedic about it. And it's, you know, you can think of it as a patch, but you can also think of it as like, well, the prequels had six you know six and a half seven hours to tell this entire story right mm-hmm. let so you're gonna hit you're gonna get the broad strokes you're gonna get the big stuff you're gonna get the set pieces but now like let's dive more into all of these characters and all these little things there was so much space to fill in i think between yeah. two and three which is why it was such a such a great way to go for the for the first tv series um that it's like oh there there were so many stories to tell this is literally an entire war this is an yeah, entire yeah. war, and you, you can tell the entire story of it. Because the prequels are so into these main characters that we already know, and it's focused on their stories, it kind of just hones into those pinpoints. But, um, man, it's great to see, like you're saying, it's great to see, like, why are people listening to Jar Jar? And what is Jar Jar's political career like? What is that about? Yeah. You know, <laughs> who are you know who are all these clones now that they're made and what they're doing? What do they do all the time? And I, I, think, I think it's just so the fun to see all that stuff. For me, yes. I feel like... Yeah. You know, even having the clones same, same thing. in general is a very interesting concept. Like the fact that they exist, like what are they like? Are they exactly this? There's so many questions that you could ask that aren't answered in the movies. And I think even George yeah. said that in interviews. He was like, I knew that there was a lot of interesting stuff to say about them that we just couldn't say in those films. And in the movies, like um, episode two, you got the beginning of the war. Episode three is the end of the war. So there isn't any time to really like humanize these clones yeah. other than seeing Tamora Morrison's face right. in episode three. <laughs> And, uh, and so just like being able to do that in the show is such a, a good, cool, such yeah. a good yeah. job of it though. There's so many questions that I had <sighs> where I was like, well, like I had the question of what would happen if one of them didn't know that they were a clone. And then there's an episode about that. Yeah. Where, you know, they're, they're being told that they're clones and you see how they have branching personalities based on the environments that they grow up in and different beliefs. Yeah. And like it's, thinking about like the rights of clones after there's mm-hmm. no war, like stuff yeah. like that. That's the, that's the most intriguing stuff. One of the, yeah, one of my favorite things about newer, newer Star Wars stuff, starting with the Clone Wars is like the asking of those big questions like, uh, we all call droids buddies, but are they friends? Do we care about them? How much do we care about them? Like, and there are, there are entire stories about that. There are entire stories about the clones. Um, and just like fucking shout out to D Bradley Baker, who is literally the voice of every clone (laughs) and plays them them all differently. There are some episodes where like, you're only, you're hanging out with five clones talking for 20 minutes. And yeah. you know, you can close your eyes and know which clone is speaking because of D. Bradley Baker. So yeah, it's never the been behind confusing the scenes to me. That stuff is nuts. It's like yeah. it's so cool to see someone do that many different things in that yeah. show. It's There's so never been a point in this show where I've been confused about which clone is talking or which character I'm watching. Mm-hmm. No. They just it just does ah, and he does such a good job just characterizing all of them. And so and I there think, are a lot yeah. of characters in this in this series. Oh, like oh, it, yeah. there are a lot of people to get attached to. And like like I was saying, I ended up definitely with more uh 
of an understanding of Anakin for mm-hmm. sure. Um, Anakin's one of the only characters that I feel like I still had a bit of a problem with, and that I'm like, I don't know that I think prequel Anakin and Clone Wars Anakin are really the same person. They're they're very different in a lot of ways. But then there are moments where you're like, and and it is a really exciting thing about the show is is waiting for Anakin to do something bad because you think that he has it in him, even yeah. though he's still good. Mm-hmm. In he hasn't turned yet, obviously. Um, so you're you're just waiting for like. Is Anakin going to do something messed up here? Yeah. What's Anakin going to think of this? And that's really fun to watch. But I do feel like there's a bit of a disconnect in how he ends up and how he is in this series. But for the most part, like the 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 clones are so 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 well fleshed out. They're the ones that like emotionally really got me. Like I yeah. I love those characters so much. And mm-hmm. having rewatched the prequels since finishing the series, it's like just such such an emotional experience now mm-hmm. i'm like oh yeah, no i intense. care about you guys so well, much. I, I think oh, that's 99. i think that's such a wonderful thing about it is you go in you go in because you've seen the movies and you want more stories about you know anakin and obi-wan and, and these characters that you already know right and then the clever thing that that happens throughout the first season is using that as a hook to then get you into and interested in all of these other characters that are either original or or background characters in the movies or just have like much smaller uh, significance in the films. And then by the time you're at the end of the Clone Wars, you're just like, I know who all of these people are. I know who all yeah. of these and I know a hundred people that they all know that aren't around anymore. And it's sad. And they're they're never in the movies, but like you have such a you have such a deep understanding of the galaxy of Star Wars afterwards, and it's just—it's good. It's very it's Clone Wars is good. Clone <laughs> Wars is good. Good, big fan. I mean, Order sixty six. I was so scared about it potentially happening at some point in the show, and we can talk a little bit later about mm-hmm. whether it does or does not. Oh yeah. But like just even having that looming uh, as as a thing that happens in the prequels, like adding that extra context of how much I care about these individual clones, even though most of them look the same and have the same voice in a <laughs> lot of cases. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I just like oh, just like oh no, what are you guys gonna do? Like you, you love each other. God damn you, Dooku. <laughs> I just, just I, uh, so emotional. I don't yeah. know if this gets into the spoil into the spoiler portion, but I do like to ask everybody who their favorite clone is. Oh man, it's it's. That's a toughie. That's I feel a like I'm toughie. cheating, but it's Rex. But like I, I again, sure. I really feel like no, there's no I cheating. I love Rex. Um, yeah. Oh man, what was? Because I, I like. Um, shoot, what was his name? Let me uh, let me do the ad read, and then we'll come back. Okay, to I'll, I'll think about and, it, and we'll after the ad read, we'll get into spoiler territory, so everyone knows you have a big heads up. After this ad, <laughs> we will start talking about spoilers. Um, gotcha. Okay. Uh, Thank you to Bespoke Post for sponsoring this episode. If your mailbox is anything like mine, 90% of the time, it's a kind of depressing place. Political flyers, utility bills, unholy amounts of coupons. But once a month, I do have a reason to be stoked, and that's because of my box of awesome from Bespoke Post. I absolutely love my Weekender bag specifically. I got this olive, really handy carry bag. You can fit a ton of stuff in it. You could take it to the gym. You could take it to the beach. You could take it on a plane. It's really good for a short trip. Uh, I love that thing. It makes packing just a whole lot better and a whole lot cooler. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every single part of your life. No joke, they have some really cool bartending stuff, a really neat whiskey guide that's up right now called Dram, there are shaving kits, there's clothing, there's there's tons of stuff that you can get available on there right now. So to get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you, and they release new boxes every month across a ton of categories. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter code FILMHOUSE at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com with the code FILMHOUSE for 20% off your first box. Jacob, yes. <laughs> get it out yet. <laughs> okay, I remember his name. Um because it was a little bit different than normal clone clone names but um was uh, it was like laquane cut laquane um the deserter clone um and and he's only in one episode oh yes oh yeah 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 but yeah 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 he's like a kind of bad man 
and he's he's out there like spreading his propaganda the one episode where you see him to the other clones yeah so, like, like I, all that. yeah and it just makes it hold on let me cut look queen there he yeah, is yeah he's I cool to see him um, but yeah, it's like you see him, he's a deserter and he has a family and stuff because he's actually like side of this whole being forced into this whole thing. Mary's yeah. Mary's a Twi'lek, very progressive. Yeah. You know, he walks like, so like, Kane and Jarrus could run. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd have Again, the thing about the kids is I you hear a lot of different perspectives from each of them. Including, uh, I don't remember his name either, but the the clone who's basically like defective. Um, oh, ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. There are a few different defects, oh, and then 99. in the last season we have the the bad bunch or bad, bad batch. batch they call them. Yeah. So love it's like them. even though they all come from the, the same place, they are all really really distinct, and I I, I love that yeah. they explored that as creatively as they did because there was just so much to to get into. But really, the thing that I want to talk about, the thing that made me cry, was. Uh, Order 66 being executed in the final season. Yeah. yeah. And, Spoilery now? Yeah. And cool. uh, Rex pulling his gun up to Ahsoka in a room full of these clones that have painted their helmets with her face marking, uh, markings uh, because they're so excited to see her after not having seen her for a while. And then Rex like points his gun at her and is crying and tells her to run because you know that he's trying to go against this programming. He doesn't understand, but he can't do it. And I yeah. just started yeah. crying. I was just like, like, oh my Anakin God. D- Anakin's Dark Deed starts playing. Oh! I listened to that soundtrack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's like, that's one of those things when we're talking about like watch order and stuff is the reason that whole episode is so tense and so uncomfortable is because you know that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because like like the music's really eerie and stuff, and there's like because you know like this is the episode where shit's gonna go down, and everything's gonna turn it turn it on its head, and like Ahsoka's gonna get betrayed, and she doesn't know what's gonna happen, but we know it's gonna happen. Yeah, so, so it's, it's like, like how's no! it gonna happen? Where is it gonna happen? There's so much yeah, like so you're just waiting. Yeah. Oh God. And when he calls out in that, that scene, really well. When he says when he says find fives, find fives, because fives knew, ah, and fives yeah, tried fives tried to warn out. everybody. Oh. Yeah, oh, they covered it up started. and believe him. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I absolutely love that. And, and you're right, like that does pertain to the existing watch order to making sure that you've seen probably all of the prequels before watching the show, even though it technically exists in between two of those films, because it does rely on the tension of you knowing mm-hmm. what that all means uh, for something to, to kick in. They use that dramatic tension so well. It was just like, I was just so nervous. Yeah. Like even season seven, I was like, we. I don't actually know if they're going to, if it's going to overlap. I don't know mm. if that's going to happen. And when it did, it was just so well, emotional. You... I feel like I didn't love the first like three episodes of, of the, the season was just um, Ahsoka and the Spice Runner stuff. Oh, like felt a little bit fillery to me. Yeah, oh, the, like the, the second, second arc. arc. Yeah, second yeah. arc. First arc is... Uh, after the Bad Batch. First arc is Finding Echo. You're right, it's Bad Batch. Yeah, you're yeah. right, you're right. Finding Echo. And um, then, which was also really cool. Yeah. I liked... Uh, I liked... Uh, uh, I liked Ahsoka and Trace... And I kind of, I, I kind of dig that, and I kind of dig the, the turning of the focus back to Ahsoka, and like, because you know, playing on, you know, playing on our preconceived notions again, it's like we know Ahsoka disappears, we know Ahsoka comes back in Rebels, right? And mm. it's like, well, what was she doing, and what's happening? And so, kind of like telling this smaller story about her, and kind of how she finds her own sort of moral compass after leaving the Jedi yeah. is, yeah. is really, really good. And I got, I do have yeah. to say the first time they call her, the first time they call her Fulcrum, I fucking flip my shit. <laughs> have y'all watched rebels? Are you rebels fans? Yeah. Oh yeah, my God. The first time they call her Fulcrum, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, live your life. <laughs> yeah. I get what you're saying that there is like an important progression from her there. I guess like I just wanted shit to go down mm-hmm. yeah so that felt like an arc to me that should have been in the previous season yeah but i guess like yeah timing wise it doesn't really make sense but yeah like thinking about some of my favorite arcs in general i liked the the echo thing a lot i felt like that was like a, almost a cool easter egg i really love that yoda arc mm-hmm. uh, where he has to go off and figure out what force ghosts mean yes yeah. 
Like that was really cool. Just like I'd watch a whole show of little Yoda's adventures and everyone just lets this old man go. And they're like, yeah. hey, Yoda wants to do it. Oh, yeah, man. Anakin has to help him it. sneak out of the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's literally in the hospital and he has to get out of there. Like I really loved that. Yeah. Um, you get but that, also... that cool Mark Hamill uh, cameo. That's Darth yep. Bane. Yep. Yeah. I love the um, I love stuff like that where it answers questions that everybody else has by letting the characters figure that out too. Um, yeah, because we've all been like, so what's a force ghost though? And like, why aren't why, they why aren't they, they hanging around up? all the time? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and there's there's I so I just keep thinking that that stuff would have been hard. It would have been hard to write, and I feel like they did a very good job. Oh yeah, like I don't imagine that that was. Uh, easy by any stretch to fill in what the hell a force ghost is and how they suddenly showed up but they make it this like dramatic emotional journey about and it's also uplifting the ending of that arc is like it means something it's like no matter what we win mm-hmm. like it's yeah. okay don't worry about it you're gonna be all right <laughs> you get to watch yoda oh. fight a little gremlin evil yoda yeah oh, so like, good um but i also really want to give a shout out to and i'm sure these are like staples that everyone gives a shout out to when it comes to different arcs uh the night sister stuff sure i really really love i have a crush on every night sister and it's fine i know as as soon as i saw them i was like i need to cosplay one of these yeah ventress has like such a cool such a cool arc as well yeah the the entire show ventress is ventress is amazing jamie king fucking kills it too yeah, she like one of my it. favorite episodes is like the one where they're on the train and she's helping all the bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that episode is so cool and so fun. Well, and I love her yeah. her involvement with like little little Boba too, because that's one of my favorite arcs. Is like little Boba's <laughs> yeah. revenge. Oh yes. yeah, <laughs> I love that, and I love how she shows up and she's kind of like, okay, you, you're going to be a bounty hunter, huh? Here's what being a bounty hunter is. Yeah. yeah, I'll show you. She's so cool. She's I, so the, cool. The only thing that ever gets me about her that really drove me nuts the whole time was that she always says that Dooku betrayed her. Mm-hmm. He did <laughs> drop you. You fucked up, so he fired you. That's not a betrayal. <laughs> She uh, she doesn't see it that way. She does not see it that way. Yeah. Because you were a bad apprentice. She <laughs> thinks maybe uh, maybe there could have been some sort of review process, you know, at, at, at her quarterly. <laughs> Certainly she doesn't get a raise, but like, on come on. Yeah, no or anything. <laughs> um, I have to say one of one of my favorite ones is is like a very uh, it's a very dividing one. But I like Mortis. I really like uh. Mortis. I know that that gets a little too like some people think it's too floofy and Shakespearean and and like mystical and whatever. Um, but I love that. Like I, I thought that was a really cool touch. Like it's a thing I didn't expect to exist in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm totally cool with it. Yeah, yeah it expands the universe a little bit. Hmm. Expands yeah, the sense. universe. <laughs> I oh, love that. That's, that's a good that. term. We should, we should really that or something. we should use that. It's very pretty. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's only like is it. It's just one episode, isn't it? Is that multiple episodes, Mortis? I, I feel like it's just it's, one. I don't remember. I could be wrong. Um, um, but yeah, very, very cool stuff. Like it was yeah. really weird. And it's yeah. it's part of a co- and I love strange. yeah the father and the son and um, fucking Whitwer. I'm gonna mention Whitwer eighteen yeah. times while oh, we talk man. about he's, this. He does so well. So listen, much. listen. Yeah. yeah, he was supposed to be on the show today, but. Uh, couldn't make it, which is such a bummer. Good. Fuck that guy. Fuck that beautiful, perfect, kind, (laughs) talented, wonderful man. Yeah, he's he's a dear friend, and I'll push him off a cliff. (laughs) How dare he? Um, I also just love how passionate about the character he is and how well that that really shows. Like, he really clearly cares about Maul. And Maul's also an interesting one because Mm -hmm. this is another disconnect that I had. Uh, Maul in the movie and Maul in the show are very, very, very different. And at first I found that really conflicting because uh, Maul in the show, at least initially, is like, I, I want to say spindly, but that's just cheating because he's, he's just kind of, <laughs> he's like, just this, like weedy, like weak, like really manic. Yeah. Like he's just very damaged um, in a yeah. way that, that I was like. Word. But Maul's so composed. But then you're like, yeah, but think about literally what he's been through. They threw him, they cut him in half and threw him down a hole and he came back a spider. He's allowed to be a little mad. He's isolated for a really long time. sucks with that, like, asshole eel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot about that character character until right now. God. I'm an evil eel. I'm fucking with Darth Maul all the time. I fucking love an evil eel. (laughs) 
love an evil eel. It's just a weird talking worm. It's so great. I also yeah, love that one episode. I also yeah. love Spider Mall. Like I'll I'll say it. I know some people fucking I, I like hate Spider Mall, but I think it's dope. Yeah. When I was told about Spider Mall uh, before having seen the show, I was like, "That's absolutely ridiculous," and I hate it. And then I saw it, and I was like, "Hmm, into it." <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those things that like it sounds goofy on paper, but then you see how yeah. his like personality is, and how like Sam Witwer like performs as him. And then, like, even in those moments of focus where he remembers, like, oh, I fucking hate Jedi a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, he's I mean, still scary. His whole drive is he just hates yeah. Obi-Wan. And then, I he's, mean, that is my favorite episode in Rebels as well. Yes. Is the Mulvey uh, Obi-Wan. I love that yeah. so much. His whole arc is so great. And just, mm-hmm. like, the the way that that fight is won, I absolutely oh, adore. Like, yeah. the composure of it and the, the lack of control and Maul's whole purpose really being to try and kill Obi-Wan. Man, yeah. twins, uh, I, I, that's the thing. Is like, Rebels, Rebels has so many huge moments like that. And Twin Sons is, like, Twin Sons is a perfect Star Wars moment. And it's a huge Star Wars moment. Like and I know, uh, like I know, we're not talking, we're not talking about rebels, but like, <laughs> but like, Clone Wars is a mall show, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, rebels, right. yeah, and rebels is like less so, but it's e- mall is like when he's there, he's pretty fucking important, and yeah. seeing yeah. seeing closure to that entire storyline in <laughs> rebels is wild. Mm-hmm. wild because it, it sneaks up on as important as we would have thought he was <laughs> based yeah. on the pre-episode one trailers yeah. yeah they make him really really important and also has <laughs> one of my favorite moments this is a small uh aside is ezra pops up look guys i found help and it's yeah. fucking darth maul that's <laughs> <laughs> so oh, good <laughs> he looks so evil it's so malevolent i was like oh <laughs> no I what just get done? excited every single time that Clone Wars would uh, have the red, the the title would be red instead yes. of yellow, which would yes. indicate that it was a mall episode. I love that they did that. I basically get chills. It was so cool. And I love Savage too. Like I love Savage as a character yeah. and, and the fact that you see him like being plucked and then taken to Dooku and basically the way the Night Sisters are even using him and giving mm-hmm. him his powers Made and then huge. he, and then Maul fucking discards him. Like I, I just... I really loved watching all of that happen too. It's it's just like these characters with these different religions almost that I didn't mm-hmm. know existed yeah. that really interconnect in our in a really beautiful way. I was very into it. Also, yeah. just a shout out to Cad Bane. Just a shout out to that dude. Just like just, that voice. Just, just his like weird like Pennsylvania Dutch accent. I fucking love it. Yeah. I love- He's so great. Um, Cad Bane it's is like very good. Episode's great. I um, don't forget. <laughs> he takes he takes part in one of my favorite episodes, which is a very silly episode that I absolutely adore. And it's um, it's Zero the Hut. It's the uh, I, I was going to bring up Zero the Hut. It's the uh, film noir episode with Zero the Hut, where Cy Snoodles is the fucking femme fatale. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but both doing it to each other the whole episode. They're both like, "Oh, hey, baby, I missed you," and and then you don't know which one of them's gonna win. But they're both playing each other with this oh stupid my God. shit, dude. Oh, the, oh my yeah, God. It's insane. I just Cy Snoodles is the babe with the smoking gun. Yeah, in a in a noir <laughs> story, so just is. is the fact so... that they chose her rather than making a new character entirely yeah. is very funny to me. <laughs> well, I love. Jacob, that. I feel like you could do a good zero impression. Um, oh, he's like, oh, he's talking like this all the time. <laughs> he's like, oh, I hate being in prison. Yep, 10 out of 10 perfects. God. Oh, he's always like, oh, my. The first time you oh hear him God. speak and you're just like, what? <laughs> you're just like, oh, my. The fact that you see more of the huts and they're all just absolutely different. Yeah. Like mob bosses from a, a movie yeah. is, is don't just forget so Mama good. the Hut. Mama the yeah. Hut. Oh, mom. Fuck! What a good. Series. And it's like this. It's this weird like. It's this weird like Bayou crime family. Like I just love yeah. it. I just. Oh God! There are so many weird ideas. And the thing about the Clone Wars is like, it's like you're saying, Alana. When you hear somebody describe these ideas to you, if you're somebody who's only seen the films, you're like, that's the wildest, weirdest, most out there shit I've ever heard, and I can't mm-hmm. imagine it's cool. Like, I just can't imagine it's cool. (laughs) And then you watch it and you're like, fuck, that was cool. Yeah. And like, yeah, there's a, with Revenge of the Sith, you had General Grievous, who was just a cartoon villain. Mm -hmm. And he's so like wacky. 
and like it, having him just be a recurring villain in Clone Wars is like the perfect place for him after his like small moments in the movie. Oh my I, gosh! I, I, have P.S. I ever told you my thing about Grievous? So there's like this weird subculture of people who want to fuck Grievous. Like, yeah, I'm like not one Grievous of those. thirst. I'm not one of those. It's not weird. But I love Grievous because I've always had an attachment as a kid who grew up with asthma and just sometimes couldn't partake <laughs> in the cool kids sports because I would not be able to breathe or whatever. And mm-hmm. I didn't know why that was happening when I was a child. Seeing a character with a lot of power, uh, even though he's a villain, have a cough. Yeah. Just always <laughs> struck me in the heart as like, oh my God, does he have what I have? Does he have the chest <laughs> oh my that gosh. I have? And so I've always really, really, really loved Grievous. And there's that a lot is... of things, a lot of moments about Grievous that I really love in the Clone Wars too. And like, particularly, I saw someone mention it on Twitter and then it all like pieced together that Grievous basically runs away from every fight. Yeah. 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 He'll just bounce. He's a fucking coward. He loses. He's a cartoon yeah, villain. He just, he just runs away. And I love that. He, yeah. It's a it's tactical a, retreat. Okay. Yeah. Always tactically retreats. He just it is was... always running. One of the funniest things, like, it's just a result of a throwaway line from Revenge of the Sith, is that Anakin and Grievous cannot meet in the show because they meet for the first time in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't, oh, he doesn't know who Grievous is. He, he knows who Grievous is, but he doesn't see yeah. him. So they can't be in the same place. And so like that's why there's so much G.I. Joe running away. Like That's one of the yeah. things that I love about, I, I kind of love and hate uh about the fact that you know they have to be inside of this continuity is is the first couple the first couple of seasons do get this it it is a cartoon series but it gets a cartoon series feeling because it's like dooku's always like and they will never see me and i will run away and it's like okay and it feels very cobra commander you know yeah Yeah. um one thing i want to say if you're a huge grievous fan you absolutely have to go back and watch season one because lair of grievous in season one is gonna Mm, you're gonna love Lair of Grievous. It's Kit Fisto versus the exact same thing to me. He's yeah. like, you need to go watch Lair of Grievous. Just go watch that. So I might, I might make sure I do that because I, I missed all of it. I also love Kit Fisto. Yeah, like, it's so basically just like his haunted house lair that they have to find him in and stuff. But also, like, it, it's it, great. Yeah, you see, it tells like the origin of like we know the origin of Grievous, but it's cool to watch these characters go through and see the origin of Grievous, right? And wait, see, wait, like, so do you see the origin of Grievous as in like when he was still mostly organic? Yeah. So you they see statues back, of him. You see Oh, it goes back that far. Yeah, it's yeah. his it's his lair. It's where he's always been and where he's like done these things to himself. And it's like it's it's, it's cool. Enemy, though. Maybe I did end up looking it up on a YouTube. Like I, unless there's another episode somewhere in the series that you see his statues, I do feel like I may have seen that. Maybe I did mm. already look that up and look up pictures a, or something because Kit Fisto filled episode too. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> any Kit Fisto episode is a good any Kit Fisto is good. If you yeah. see Kit Fisto, I mean, run. Run towards it as fast as you can. Yeah. <laughs> same as Cad Bane. <laughs> same as Grievous. Same as yeah. Rex. Like, there are so many. And I love so many of the... Which I'm, I also really like this about the prequels. Any episode that is um, Obi-Wan's uh, detective adventures. Yes. I love it when Obi-Wan just goes off on a little detective hunt to figure uh, stuff out. And Obi-Wan really and Sabine. Like Obi-Wan and yeah. Sabine is so oh. good. And yeah. like... Yeah, man. It's... Obi-Wan is very good. It's funny because in the first season, he's a little he's a little too calling everybody darling and stuff like they were like you could. Oh, they, interesting. They were tra- suave. He was a little too suave, right? Like, yeah, huh, interesting. Um, that's weird. They dial it back like a little bit. They like they get a they get a good handle on it, but it's very interesting the first season. But I do love everything where Obi-Wan is is being a smart detective. Everything where Obi-Wan is is talking to Sabine and you kind of get this idea of. You know, in the movies, he plays himself like somebody who never had to give anything up, right? And so it's yeah. it's good to see the choice that Obi Wan did make Things decisions. Did I think that that also gives strength to the conflict with um, Anakin and Padme is that you've seen Obi Wan have that temptation and succeed. Mm-hmm. You know that mm-hmm. it can be done. So everything that he's saying to Anakin, even though he's clearly aware of what's happening with Padme, I remember in season seven, there's a line where he's like, "Was he talking to Padme?" Yeah, yeah or like tell Padme, Padme I said Padme hi. Yeah. yeah, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, oh, oh no! Right. Like I know what you're I doing. Like that. It's so cool. Um, but it, it, like, I feel like it does give more strength to the idea that Obi Wan's like, "No, just don't do it, dude." Yeah. Yeah. you're not allowed to do yeah. this what are you doing and, it, and it's it would be so hard to like trust obi-wan but he's really cold he's a really cold hero he's he's I, very it, much to the core jedi yeah yeah and i think it's you know it's like it's 
it, it does lend depth to that like brother's relationship or even that father-son relationship where it's like your your parents tell you something and you're like what the fuck do you know and then you see like your first picture of them when they were teenagers and you're like oh right oh right you had a life this isn't just coming yeah. from nowhere um yeah you do know what you're talking about and that stuff is really sad too yeah. it's like a lot of rough stuff that happens to obi-wan that i feel like doesn't necessarily shape him it just proves how strong he is yeah like he yeah. just really sticks to his convictions in a way that anakin absolutely can't and it also like i think adds some criticism to obi-wan as a character and 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 shows part of why anakin failed is ultimately because he just didn't really get love and support ever in his whole life i know there was mm. that um <clears throat> Dave Filoni, uh like clip that came out that i think i texted both of you about after seeing yeah. maybe, um, <laughs> where he's talking about like how the death of Qui-Gon is the start of uh, Beta. Yeah. Because it's basically Anakin losing any father figure he ever had. And Obi-Wan yeah. should have stepped in and been that person, but he just never was. He just doesn't have it in him to be a father figure. He was more of a, a teacher the whole time, or a brother, even. Well, and you think, Yeah, it, brother, once he becomes a Jedi Knight. And you think about, yeah. like, you think about the way all decisions are made by the council throughout the series or throughout the series and throughout the films and they are very like tactical and withholding and keep feelings out of this and one thing that yeah. we see about qui-gon in the short time that we know qui-gon jinn is like he was able to do the right thing and still have a heart the way we sort of expected jedi to be because because mm -hmm. up until then you know if you if you would only watch the films you only really knew luke right or you knew mm -hmm. you yeah. knew you knew yoda and so you see Qui-Gon and you're like, yeah, that's a Jedi. And then and then when you watch the rest of the Jedi, you're like, oh, no, that's a Jedi. Oh, no. They're all really different, to be there honest. There is that yeah. like, line. Qui-Gon is the ideal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That line in Phantom Menace where, like, because he's constantly defying the Jedi and being how he is, which is, like, how we kind of view an ideal Jedi, he's not even worthy of being on the council in their eyes. Yeah. Uh, but you do see, like, to Alana's point, you do see... It's not to say they're all carbon copy cold. Like one of my favorite things about this season was watching Plo Koon, Plo Koon when, when he's like, when he's stranded with the clones and he's like, he's always very positive towards them. And he's always like, I will put myself in danger for you. I'm going to yeah. do the right thing here. And, you know, you watch him when he was with Ahsoka and you're like, this is, this is a good dude. Plo Koon is a good dude, <laughs> you know? <laughs> More Plo Koon in our lives. Yeah, it's like you never would have thought that before with this show. Just a background character in a chair. Hey, man, I cried because of clones, so never would have expected any of that to happen. The fucking masks. The gentle giant are coming out with a bust of uh, literally like a clone trooper with the Ahsoka mockings oh, God. painted on it. And I was like, yeah. I have to buy that. I Listen. Buy that. that meant so much to me. Knock on wood. They're all so excited and they didn't know. They didn't know. And that's, that's, what's, that's what's fucking wild is I saw that moment and you, when you first see that moment, you're like, this is really beautiful. And then you're like, oh no. Like everything in those right, last couple episodes is just like, it. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, the dread <laughs> leading up to that dude, like that whole time that I was like, they're too excited to see her. It's gonna happen. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. They're way and too then, like, excited to see her again. In, oh fuck! And them just like humanizing the clones a lot in the show is great because like in the movie, Order sixty six happens and like Obi wan and Yoda are chopping off clones' heads and limbs and stuff, mm -hmm. just get, like mowing through them to get what they need to go. But in the end of Clone Wars, like you still see that Ahsoka has like so much love and respect for all these men that just betrayed her. And like she like they her and Rex yeah. take the time to like bury them and stuff mm -hmm. and like are yeah. never at any point like malicious towards them. Listen, y'all know how uh, I feel about you know y'all know how I feel about gratuitous Vader. I feel like I feel like Vader is to be saved for very specific moments outside of the original trilogy, right? Like mm -hmm. there is a thing we all want more Vader. We all want tons and tons and tons of Vader. Vader fucking rules, but. He's got to be special. You got to be. It's got to be special. When Vader shows up, you got to know it's a huge thing because he's so huge, right? And mm -hmm. um, man, the final, the final shot. Not of, yet. No. No. Stop it. I'm gonna cut to read, and then you're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk about the final shot. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it's good. That's good producing. This. Yeah. I am. I am saving the Vader. I am making it special. Shut your mouth. Nice. You could be Star Wars. <laughs> Uh, thank you to Fields for sponsoring this episode of Filmhouse. Do you experience stress or have anxiety or chronic pain or have trouble sleeping at least once a week? 
You're not alone. Many of us do. Personally, I have major issues with sleeping and uh, definitely a lot of chronic pain, which Feels, if you haven't already heard of it, can really help out with. Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep and it naturally helps to reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. It's really easy to take. You just place a few drops of Feels under your tongue and feel the difference within a couple of minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is that finding a right dose is important and everyone's dose is different, so leave room to experiment over the course of a week or so. You may need to take more or less to get the effects you're after. If you're new to CBD, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. It works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high, hangover, or addiction. Join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. To become a member today, go to feels.com slash filmhouse and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash filmhouse to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash filmhouse. And go ahead. <laughs> uh, so Vader is only to be used. It's like he's a fire alarm. You Especially don't you Especially don't pull Vader. Vader. You know what I mean? Unless you absolutely yeah. need to. And um, that last shot where he's he's there and he finds her saber and he doesn't know yet what's happened. He doesn't know what's happened to her. Right. I keep asking yeah. everyone for that shot. What do you think Vader's emotions were? That's the thing, right? You that's the thing about the Clone Wars and that's the thing that makes this movie about that makes this series so brilliant is it fleshes out Anakin so much that you can watch the emotionless mask of Vader pick up this saber and look at it and stare into the sky and you know that he is fucking hurt and he's sad but he's but he's angry right because he's always angry now yeah Um, and I mean, we have that episode, which was the touch that I really loved, where you see um, Anakin see the future. Yes. And That's on Mortis! That's on Mortis, baby! It is on Mortis. <laughs> it happens to Ahsoka, too. I think she kind of gets possessed that episode, maybe, as well. Mm-hmm. She does. It was around yeah. that time. But when he sees everything that happens in the future, he immediately turns into Vader. Like, he mm-hmm. sees everything and is immediately evil. There's no question there about yeah. everything that Anakin has seen in his future that he would ever not become vader so it was always something that was in him it was always something that was going to happen there was no like changing that lineup yes. and i think like especially having that that shot at the very end of everything that's happened there with with knowing that he was going to become vader and him still like you still think maybe the one thing that can make this dude sad is knowing or thinking ahsoka is dead yeah, yeah. i uh and what i love about that is it's it's sort of mirrored a little bit in uh, in the shot where Ahsoka is outside, we haven't even fucking touched on Mandalorians yet. By the way, y'all, we haven't. Yeah. Even, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot. There's a lot to come. But um, <laughs> he's standing outside of, uh, you know, Maul's Maul's frozen, and he's standing out. She's standing outside where where Maul's imprisoned, and she sees what's happening. She sees a flash of everything that's happening, the same way yeah. Anakin does, and it doesn't. It doesn't make her evil it tests her resolve and she's like, okay, I still have a chance to save everyone. Um, And I think that's what's amazing is like Anakin can look at all of those things in his head on Mortis and say like, well, I can avoid this, right? Like, how do I make better decisions? And no, doesn't even think for once that any of his decisions were were wrong or bad or he's fallible in any way. He's fucking Anakin Skywalker. And if this is the future, this is who he's going to become. Yep. And I, I found that like to be a really smart thing for them to do. Like, I like that it didn't have a, well, maybe he could change his mind if only he knew. It's a, nope, it's yeah. happening. Because I think that's a big He's thing asked. that a lot of people ask when they, when they first start diving into more Star Wars, right? Like when somebody watches the films and they're like, okay, now more Star Wars, where is it? Yeah. That's one of the big questions is like, I don't know, he was a sweet little kid. We saw, we saw it. He was a sweet little kid. Like, yeah. isn't he still, he, he cares about Obi-Wan, he cares about Padme, like, couldn't this be avoided? And it's good to be Both like... The ox where he's really jealous of shit Padme oh my does. God. Oh, my God. He, like, beats the shit out of, out of what's his name? Like, Rush Clovis? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, I was uncomfortable watching that. Oh, yeah, it's messed up. He's a like, dick. Oh I, I mean, that's one thing him. that never made sense to me, like, the whole series is Padme. You're too fucking smart for this, dude. Come on. Yeah, like, I think... You know. Like, you are <laughs> yeah. way better oh than God. him. 
get out of there. Padme, you got to stop dating. The, he's she, he's basically a space musician. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, Padme, you got to stop dating musicians. It's You're not. so smart. He's, yeah. yeah, I get it. He's cool looking and he's brooding and he's in a band, but you know better. Like, you know yep. better. Um, yeah, he's got a skateboard, but come on. <laughs> come on. I think one of the things that the series does really well, though, is it shows that um, they are apart most of the time, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And they are being kept apart, and neither one of them is a person that likes being told what to do if there's not, especially if there's not a reason that they can see for being told what to do. Um, and so I think one of the things that the series does does show really well is like, Oh, this is a long distance thing that they're trying to hold together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're trying real hard to make it work. Yeah. yeah. They're they're There are inside stresses that they're not seeing because there are so many outside stresses in the relationship. You know what I mean? And they're like, yeah, OK, we've all been there. We've all been there. Maybe not in space, but we've all been there. <laughs> we didn't have holograms oh, in our like long distance relationship jealous teenager it's just so funny to me yeah oh man he's such a prick no i love it but uh i feel like we haven't really spoken about ahsoka as a character who in theory is the main character of the show mm -hmm. yeah by the uh, end obviously of it, we touched sure. on her at the start but yeah so like i like i said earlier my understanding was that people didn't like her so much and then ended up really loving her at the end and i did feel like she was a really just it's not even necessarily that it's about her. Um, it, I feel like it more is a show about the clones and about Anakin, but it, it uses Ahsoka to be the vessel to have all of the emotional attachments and reactions from all of yeah. those parties in a way that I think is very, very, very important. But she also has a ton of development herself. There are a lot of conflicts with her and Anakin, the things that they disagree with. Um, but I like when I actually think about it, I don't feel like she developed as much as like Obi-Wan did in a weird way. Like, mm -hmm. I don't feel like I saw as much change in Ahsoka. And I keep wondering if I was looking at it the wrong way or not paying enough attention to her that I didn't feel like she changed that much. Having like, seen season one. It kind of just um, depends on the role she's in. Cause like very early on and in the movie and stuff, she's like the plucky new apprentice. She's going to grind her yeah, master's yeah. gears and stuff. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Anakin gets an Anakin like is that. the way the first season worked. Right. <laughs> Yeah, Anakin gets an Anakin, and now he gets it right. Yeah, yeah. As, she, as she gets more responsibility and is like um, given more like autonomy and stuff, she becomes like a more serious character. And especially you see in the final season, she's like very like stoic and calm and stuff. I mean, like, what very happens to her is pretty shit. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. done her dirty. I would not be pleased if I was her yeah. either. I get it. It. <laughs> it makes you very upset at the Jedi. <laughs> Yeah, which I like. I like that too. I like that it does throw the Jedi under the bus a lot. Like it does that as well. It shows them making mistakes, and I think that yeah. that's, you know, for the the good guys, I feel like that doesn't happen that often in any entertainment media. Mm -hmm. They're so careful with the good guys, but yeah, yeah the the Jedi are absolutely not perfect. Yeah, and, being a Jedi doesn't make you perfect. Yeah, and I love yeah. you know I do love that we we sort of see. We see like her moral compass and how steadfast she is because another. Another uh, purpose she serves before I think she really comes in into her own uh, or before we know enough about her is she is she's like the little bird on Anakin's shoulder, right? <clears throat> she's like the little angel on his shoulder that's like, but couldn't we do the right thing? Right. And she doesn't understand. She it. is very moral. <laughs> yeah, she's very moral. And she doesn't understand that what she's actually doing is teaching Anakin to go against orders and the system more. <laughs> <laughs> like she's actually like but master couldn't we do it and he's like you know what you're right fuck the jedi yeah. council yeah maybe that's the yeah. lesson we should take from this that is really yeah. true um she's someone who teaches in that and it's it is like kind of a nice thing about the show as well as that the jedi just have jobs mm -hmm. and i feel like in the movies you don't see them just have day jobs whereas they really do in this series it's like you're watching them go on assignment and deal with things in a like professional capacity. Like sometimes they're a bodyguard, sometimes it's mediation. Like I love have seeing them as like little business boys with jobs. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the other things I like about the Zero one too, right? Is it's like yeah. they like, sorry, you're a space cop. And that means you have yeah. to escort this prisoner and it sucks. And this guy sucks. And it's yeah, like and the rules. He's the best. And he, but he is the best. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I think is great is like you know, when you get to the end of season five and you get to Ahsoka on the run, right? And you see how quickly it's like, well, this is the procedure and this is what we think about you. And I guess now we chase you and hunt you. 
and you're just yeah. like, what the fuck, guys? Take a breath. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> look at the situation for a second, please. And I think yeah. by by the time you get to the end of that, like even though they were they were kind of asserting it all along, you really do see it's like, oh, well, maybe if anybody's a Jedi, it actually is Ahsoka. Like, <laughs> maybe yeah. she's the person. Maybe she's the person that we're looking for now that Qui Gon's gone. You know, um, mm-hmm. and so it's it's cool to like by the end of season five because you're right, it does sneak up on you. But by the time you get to the end of season five, you're just like, oh, I like Ahsoka, and Ahsoka's very good. And it, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see that being a thing. Like, I, I feel like maybe I just like didn't really give. I, I definitely like her, but I feel like I never gave her enough credit because I was so caught up in everything else. And that mm-hmm. is maybe like a second watch through thing is paying more attention to just Ahsoka being Ahsoka rather than mm-hmm. Ahsoka being a vessel for everyone else. Yeah, she feels like a video sense. game protagonist that fills in the blanks for me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I felt like I had a huge affinity to her. Like, like I said, the Order sixty six thing got me because I felt so bad for the clones and. Mm-hmm. Rex crying through his order being executed destroyed yeah. me. I didn't feel bad for Ahsoka. I was just like, put the clothes. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so upsetting. Um, Jacob, I don't know if you ended up answering the question. I feel like you may have. It's, it's just my head's jumping a million places. Here, kind of <laughs> yeah. Fit everything I want to say about this show into an hour. Um, did you have a favorite arc? Did you mention? Um, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's one of my favorites for sure. And it's another clone one. It's the whole Umbara arc. Yes. And I'm not just saying that because Pong Corell is a Jack Dexter Jetster. <laughs> <laughs> I and, fucking okay, love Pong Corell. But man, that there's that's another episode where it's like, here is a Jedi who's just an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a crazy prejudiced maniac. And he yeah, does become a, he's a villain by the end, but just a damn. real prick does some pretty messed up stuff. But yeah. that's it. But that's yeah. And it's so good because it is a reminder that like we are seeing we're following around the best of the best all the time. Right. Like we're following. Yeah. Around, we're following the good guys. Right. And so when you see Pong Krell, he's just like, they're fucking clones, dude. What you do is you send them over there and they get blown up. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. They're just fake people. Yeah. I'll just throw them, throw them at each other. We'll make more and people. Really I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'll fuck yeah. with them. Make them kill each other instead. It's so awful. Like that, it's that terrible. watching that is so harrowing. You're just like, God yeah. damn, dude. Like, and the moment when they realize, because you realize at the same time, I don't think that I had an inkling beforehand that was what was happening, or not too much beforehand. And you realize what's happening, and watching the clones have to disobey their orders because they've just been played by someone who doesn't see them as people is yeah. is pretty rough shit. Yeah, who's also a Jedi master and the person they're supposed to follow all the orders of. Yeah, oh my god, them are, are so well trained that they try to do that as much as they possibly can yeah dogma yeah yeah i I love that like the way that they differentiate the clones with the different mockings and stuff too Mm -hmm. yeah all their tats and their haircuts all all very good stuff yeah that (laughs) bad batch all look like completely different oh my gosh yeah uh, i think it was bad batch right that was what it was called yeah yeah can you imagine like sitting like just sitting down and like just drawing in a like in a notebook or in a sketchbook or whatever like 1500 different clones you know what i mean like they all basically look the same but you get to do it's it's got to be so much fun to just go through and make every permutation of this one guy that you can that must have been a blast for the team great job with voice acting that (laughs) yeah just just fantastic stuff it's it's amazing it's awesome yeah yeah Um, i'm glad we got so so much of it in the last season yeah before we we wrap this up i did just want to talk about a little bit about the insane production value of the final season Mm -hmm. that i felt like it was beautiful explosions oh every time i was like look at that explosion yeah uh, the score is fantastic but it also had a lot more silence than i think the show had before that point i feel like it was a very loud show that felt like it had to rush a lot of conversations in some cases because it needed to be like yeah. really high soundtrack blaring and stuff yeah the last season has a lot of like ambient sounds and a lot more I noticed yeah. that during some of the Bad Batch stuff, it's like they'd go and be fighting droids, but there wouldn't be music. It would just be them just like running through a room and shooting lasers and stuff. And it kind of like just makes it feel, it, I don't know, like grounded is the right word. Yes. Yeah, I think so. It yeah. just like feels more like real in a in a certain way. It's more tense. You you know, you yeah. put that you put that uh, that John Williams or that Kevin Kiner music behind anything and it becomes high adventure, right? And mm-hmm. so you really just you really just they're in they're fucking they're in the shit and it's the middle of a war and so hearing them like hearing every sound of the fight and just the silence and you know that they're waiting for like the next trap to be sprung on them does give it like a lot more uh does give it a lot more dramatic depth and i feel like the emotional like some more of the character-based emotional stuff benefited from a lot more silence too um a, a lot of the stuff with uh with ahsoka um 
and uh, Rafa and Trace, you know, where, yeah. they're, where they're thinking about all three of them have these like different ideas about what's the right thing to do in the situation. And they just sit in silence and think about it um, mm-hmm. was really cool to watch. A lot of like also, really nice panning shots and, yeah. and I also wanted to bring up cinematic. the um like using Ray Park's mocap. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, when they fight each other. And like so uh, what cool. what's the uh, the person who does the mocap for Ahsoka? I oh. just like saw her name for the first time when I was watching the behind the scenes stuff. Um let me look it up real quick. Yeah, I don't know, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, it's Lauren it's Lauren Mary Kim. Yeah, Lauren Mary incredible. Cam. Yeah, when you see that that behind the scenes stuff, the the way they fight, and then you you compare it to the animation, it just makes so much sense. Yeah, so and like so well done, like that combined with Sam Witwer's Darth Maul. It's like, oh, they've <sighs> made the complete Darth Maul in this scene. It's amazing. Yeah, it really was the full performance of Darth Maul. And hearing yeah. you know, and hearing either one of them talk about it, it's 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 great because they have they have such respect for each other as performers too. You know, talking about it when when Solo happened, and then when the, when this last season happened, like if you talk to Ray about Maul, he'll be like, "Couldn't couldn't happen without Sam." And then you talk to Sam, and he's like, "Couldn't happen without Ray." And I feel like they are, <laughs> they really do kind of watch and listen to each other's performances and like build that character together. And fuck, they're both talented to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's also kind of one of the only instances where the audience is open to that too. Like I feel like everyone has mutual respect for both of them and, and what both of them are doing. Whereas in a lot of cases, I think audiences would be like, no, this is the real mole. But everyone's like, no, they both really put yeah, it. Yeah, well, it feels I, like I, natural. I think it's kind yeah. of lucky, you know, in, in the sense that it's always been that way. You know, like Ray, yeah. even in the movies, Ray was never did the vocal performance for Maul. So yeah. it's kind of something where since we were introduced to Maul, we were like, oh, this is the way Maul works, which I think helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's uh, definitely a testament to Sam that he has com- become synonymous with uh, a character that existed long before he started playing that character without it yeah. being false oh, or anything like and he just, just, just done such a fantastic job the stroke of like the, the stroke of genius between everybody like collaborating on it to just be like maul is a shakespearean monologuing villain and it's like what yeah are you sure <laughs> he's a quiet yeah. warrior monk are you sure he's like no 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 he's got a yeah. lot of things to say and i was like oh yeah really uh, but it fucking it works so it's well, so, good. so yeah, well. And by the time really, by the time you yeah. get to the end, and you're like, of course this guy is like building all the syndicates. Of course this guy is going to be the head of crime soon. Like mm-hmm. yeah. this is Getting amazing. All tied up in the Mandalore arc where the Republic has no like place or anything. Oh, Mandalore! <laughs> it works so well. It works so well. It's so good. Ugh. It is very good, folks. I think Clone Wars might be a good show. Yeah, I, think so I really, too. again, wanted to do this just so I could like yell at both of you about how much I enjoyed the show because yeah. I don't want to tweet about it because I don't want to spoil it. And also it's like not a great way to have conversations, but then I don't have that many friends who've seen it. Mm-hmm. So it's just been like, what if I just make a podcast? <laughs> and then so continues the long tradition of anybody in this industry going, if I do a show about it, will I have friends? I can talk about it. <laughs> if I do a show about it, it will friends that like it come? Yeah. <laughs> will they appear? Yes. Every time I see these invites for these Star Wars podcasts, I'm like, I get to talk about Star Wars finally. <laughs> As a job, yeah. It's the yeah. Best. So I guess before we wrap up, is, is there anything else that either of you wanted to say? Any closing thoughts on the Clone War? Um, I say like, if you haven't seen it, like it's, even like just watch it from the beginning, just see what it's all there. There's, there's good yeah, stuff. Also, sorry about mm-hmm. everything. Really yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if you went this far and haven't seen Clone Wars, whoops. Sorry, I'll bet. Uh, I would say if you've seen it and you loved it, and you have not dipped into into Rebels or to the Marvel stuff from the last few years or to Resistance, please, please, please dip into that stuff. You are. You are missing out on some brilliant continuation of of this the a lot of these characters that you love and a lot of these situations that you love in ways that you cannot imagine. They are very very good. Um, oh, it's so good. Star Wars employee. Mm. Yeah, it's just because I'm a Star Wars employee <laughs> and I get paid every time I say Star Wars. That was a nickel right there. Uh, but no, I I know that a lot of people are like, well, I love Clone Wars, but uh, Rebels, I just I'm not on board or like Resistance, I'm not on board. Just remember, like when you first watch that first season of Clone Wars, 
you were probably a kid or you're definitely a lot younger than you were now. And so you came yeah. up with it. Give Rebels and Resistance a chance, especially through that first season when they're onboarding new kids so they can become. Um, and, and watch them because they're good, man. They're good. Yeah. I uh, watched Rebels. Don't like it as much as the Clone Wars. Definitely worth a watch. It's still definitely a fun one to get yeah. on board with. Yeah. Still a lot also, of good stuff in there. Definite uh, genius move by the creators of Clone Wars to have the first episode have a bunch of Wattos in it. Oh, I love a good Watto. You know I love yeah. a good Watto. Toy yeah, Darians yeah, everywhere. Season one, Alana. There's lots of Wattos in the first episode. Listen. It's cheating. It's cheating. Get oh, some toy Darians. Get a couple jar. Get a couple Jar Jars up in there. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, what did you think about stuff. the four episode arc in season one, where the toy Darian and Jar Jar are handcuffed together, and they go on uh on they go on multiple adventures? That's half of season one. That. Yeah, yeah, that's a dream come true. Jar Jar had a girlfriend this whole time. Yes, and they <laughs> no. smooch. Oh my god. Oh, do they smooch? Oh, I they love it smooth. so much. I they use the same tongues color. that they use Jaja to steal floating food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they... it's so good. Um, all right. Thank you both for joining me and entertaining me to talk about the Clone Wars today. Mm -hmm. um, Jacob, people know you. You're Jacob. Uh, Carboni, where can people find you? Uh, I am uh, the host of the Star Wars show. That is uh, once a month on StarWars.com and YouTube.com slash Star Wars. I also have a podcast called We Have Concerns. That's a science comedy podcast I host with Jeff Kanata. That's WeHaveConcerns.com. And uh, I stream on Twitch because we're all trapped in our own personal escape pods right now. <laughs> so that's Twitch.tv slash Anthony Carboni. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us today. And um, yeah, Filmhouse should be back next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Justice for Dexter Jetster. <laughs> <laughs>